Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Good morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Gonzo, also known as Super G, is in the building. And we got Andrew, aka the Cashflow King, joining us. So I'm very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how a new day is coming for American crypto regulation. With spot ETFs possibly being approved this week, we're going to dispel the rumors about BlackRock having over $2 billion already lined up behind the scenes. We're also going to be discussing how Grayscale added XRP back into their diversified large cap fund for digital assets, joining Solana, AVAX, Bitcoin, and Ethereum as these unique assets being offered to clients. And with the largest financial firms on the planet in the process of turning digital, we break down the details, showing our community how this next bull run is shaping up to be the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcasts, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, I am feeling fired up. Not only is the football season over, we got some exciting crypto news to address today as well. So first of all, how are you feeling, my friend? And thanks for being here. Well, well, speak for yourself. Your football season may be over, but ours is still going on. We're in the playoffs, so I'm excited. Of course, we're going to be one and done, but that's okay. We're still there. Good morning to all the War Maniacs out there. Love and appreciate you guys. For showing up every single day. It's going to be an exciting one. Exciting, very exciting week we have today with all the excitement around Bitcoin. But I'm excited to be here with Gonzo and Andrew. I can't wait to hop into it. Gonzo, and there's a lot of exciting news to address. We're going to talk about XRP, ETF rumors, Fidelity, Grayscale, but everybody's focused on Bitcoin. So we're starting to show off with that. BlackRock supposedly has $2 billion lined up behind the scenes. We're going to talk about the rumors. But first of all, how are you feeling, Gonzo? And thanks for being here. Uh, I'm doing good, man. I'm feeling a little bit under the weather. I kind of finally just got my voice back. But yeah, man, I just worked all weekend. Uh, actually got a little bit active on X. Uh, and then I just been like kind of messing around with the injective and say test nets because they have all these different projects that have been coming up. But um, but yeah, man, it was a good com- uh, a good weekend. No complaints, just feeling a little bit under the weather. But it's going to be a great show, man. This is the big week, right? We're going to see it's put up or shut up. Are they going to approve the ETF? Or, uh, you know, are they going to work something out with uh, 21 shares where they ask them to kind of pull back the application so they can do it all together in March? But, you know, we're going to talk about it. For sure. <laughs> Andrew, I'm excited to talk about all these topics. How are you feeling this morning? And thank you for being here. Hey, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody, wherever you are in the world. Here from the Netherlands, 5 p.m. already. It's getting dark. It's freezing here. So maybe uh, ice skating in the next couple of days. Uh, you know, and uh, we are also with crypto, often ice skating, but that brings the volatility. So we are looking forward to an excellent week, and I'm looking to, to forward to a great show with uh, with you guys. 
Thank you so much, Andrew. And we got a great show prepared this morning. And we already got 367 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. If you're new to the program, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Subscribe to the channel and turn on your notification bell so you can join us every single day. We're going to start this thing off the same way we always do by checking out the Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That is at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button for updates all throughout the day. When we look at some of our daily movers this morning, Johnny, we've got some ICP is up 12%, but the rest of the market, it's pretty much red bubbles across the board. We've got Algorand up 4% and VeChain up 4% on the day as well. When we check out our Merlin market update this morning, we are sitting at 1.66 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 52% dominance. Ethereum is about 16%. We've got Bitcoin maintaining 45,000, sitting at $45,040. Ethereum, 2275. We've got Solana at 94 and XRP still trading down there at 62 cents. And I think that we should talk about this chart before we even break down the ETF news, Gonzo. What we're on the precipice of is massive amounts of liquidity entering the markets like we've never seen before. In 2017, there was a rumor of an ETF being launched in the USA. That marked the peak of the bull run. So what's different about this time around is the rumors are not only about a spot product instead of a futures product, but they're also happening in the midst of a bear market, or at least we're exiting a bear market and really heading into that bull market territory. And I think this chart illustrates that fairly well. This person right here, and I'm just going to put his name, I can't pronounce that correctly, highlighted Bitcoin's price chart from 2015 all the way until 2026. We see a clear correlation between long-term bull markets and short-term bear markets. What did we just come out of? nearly 18 to 24 months of bearish price action, not just for Bitcoin, but for many of our favorite currencies, Ethereum, XRP, Solana, whatever you're invested in, probably went down over the last year and a half. So with that being said, Gonzo, let's shift into the news that's happening today. And I'm going to kick it straight to you for your opinion. The rumors are stirring and BlackRock is dominating the narrative globally right now. Keep in mind, guys, there's over 13 ETF products sitting at the SEC. We got Van Eyck, uh, we got Grayscale, We've got 21 shares. We've got ARK Invest. There's so many big players here, but BlackRock is dominating the conversation. I think this is why, Gonzo, supposedly, and these are rumors, BlackRock has lined up $2 billion for a spot Bitcoin ETF product launch, and that could be happening on Wednesday. So BlackRock prepares for a big day one of a Bitcoin ETF launch, and they've reportedly lined up $2 billion in capital for its upcoming product launch. Van Eyck is among the asset managers that have filed for a spot ETF launch as well with the Securities and Exchange Commission. We've seen Van Eyck, BlackRock, and nine other Bitcoin ETF applications sitting at the SEC and waiting for the green light. This person's commenting on the $2 billion that BlackRock had raised. He said, I heard from a pretty well source that BlackRock has more than $2 billion lined up in week one for new incremental flows from existing Bitcoin holders who are adding to their positions. That's a great place to kick it to Gonzo for some comments, guys. So with that being said, Gonzo, what does all this mean to you? Obviously, it's rumors. But it all starts with Bitcoin, and now it all starts with BlackRock. Yeah, I mean, if you look at, we've talked about this, like if you look at a chart of the ROI in the Bitcoin's history, you can see that we basically kind of mimicked, instead of a pre-having year, a having year. So it means it's been running earlier. Um, look, this thing's going to get approved, and we're due for some type of correction. So I wouldn't be surprised if it gets approved. We're going to get a run-up, maybe somewhere 48,000, maybe we wick up to 50, and then we're going to get some type of correction, right? Just because we're just due. Um, So, and I think it'll be all the hype, like that's the trade, right? People have been in this trade since the rumor started about the spot ETF being um, approved when we came out of that bear market bottom. And so we just have to see what happens after it gets approved, right? 
But I don't think we're just going to continue to go up or break all-time highs, right? We're going to get some kind of correction. And then when we get that correction, you got to really pay attention to your altcoins because your altcoins are going to pull back. We saw that just this last 24 hours. What happened? Bitcoin dominance went on a run, right? And then Bitcoin dropped down a little bit. And then you saw how the altcoins got crushed. They're already kind of bouncing back, right? And so that's what I'm paying attention to because there's going to be some great opportunities. Also, real quick, if you watch Waters' video, if you're part of his Red Pill podcast, he found a pattern going back in the history of Bitcoin where we usually top out like in January and then get some kind of correction. And then we don't break that high again until later on in the year, like March or April. And so, this is going to be an exciting year, Gonzo. I think a lot of people forget that 2024 isn't the actual peak of the bull run. If you look at histor historically, the evidence is clear. 2025 and actually quarter three to quarter four of 2025 is when this market should be at peak value. And we're sitting here in January of 2024. But guys, we already got 526 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny Crypto, you know the people want to hear your comments this morning. So we're coming to you next. But let's talk about something even more interesting. And this is what a lot of people saw in the title. So we're going to be addressing this today as well as XRP's exchange-traded product surfaces on Fidelity's investment platform. What's really happening here, guys? We're seeing the narrative shift massively, not just around cryptocurrencies, but around XRP in particular. And this was an article that I broke, I believe it was on last Friday or last Saturday. So I'm going to defer to you right after I read these comments, Johnny. Officially, on January 4th of 2024, Grayscale put out a tweet updating people on their digital large cap fund. What did we find within this tweet? Grayscale had added XRP back into this digital large cap fund, and now XRP will represent a total of 2.5% of this portfolio's allocation. Now, that may not sound like a lot, right? 2.5%. People probably aren't jump, jumping up and down over that information, Johnny. But let me read some stats. I'm going to kick it straight to you here. Bitcoin makes up 70% of this fund. So 69.1% is Bitcoin. 21% is then Ethereum. The next biggest currency is only 3.6% with Solana. And then XRP is fourth place coming in at 2.5%. So pretty interesting. Statistics are very, very um, misleading, right? You hear 2.5%, you think it's small. I think it's a bigger deal that XRP is being validated and put into these groups of currencies. But I want to hear your thoughts. We'll kick to Andrew. You know, there's no surprise here when you look at Grayscale. They had already built a portfolio, if you will, prior to the lawsuit. So no surprise that they're going back to a similar portion of it. And it typically included, you know, the tar the large the large caps in there. They don't typically have too many micro caps in there. And XRP obviously having its, you know, the monkey off its back. Remember, these guys dropped them like a hot potato, just like everybody else did when once XRP got sued or I should say once Ripple got sued, XRP was dumped everywhere. Nobody wanted to touch it. Of course, now that it's clear, I'm not surprised at all to see Grayscale bring it back. It's one of the largest, you know, it's the it's sixth largest crypto. So you would expect it to be in there. I would have been surprised, to be honest with you, if they didn't add it back then. I'm actually surprised it took them this long to add it back in, if you really want my honest opinion. Um, but I'm not surprised. Not surprised at all. I thought just that. to be clear, because this is interesting. So they actually made these amendments right in July after the lawsuit, but they came into effect on July 4th. So yeah. you're right. They did make these amendments like six, eight months ago, whatever it was. But the fact that it's now coming into effect right as we're heading into 2024, Gonzo highlighted at the beginning of the video too, guys. Listen to the chart analysts. The Bitcoin maximalists have arrived and are slowly merging into the XRP army. We listen to guys like Da Vinci, we listen to guys who are prominent Bitcoin enthusiast. What's that other guy we covered last week? I believe his name is Robbie. I don't want to 
talk about his race, but he is an Asian, the Asian guy, the chubbier yeah, guy. Yeah, I don't remember, oh. but but you're right, Abs. At the end of the day, I think what's happening is the lawsuit made believers out of some people in the space that you know either hated XRP or didn't like it or didn't believe in it. And the fact that I think these guys still don't like it, but the fact that it actually has clarity, right? It's the only it's the only crypto other than arguably Bitcoin, because Gary already said it's not a he already said that is not a security in front of Congress. So he can't change that. The only other crypto that has that kind of clarity right now is XRP. So I think people are defaulting to that only because it is the only one that has clarity at this point in time. And I'm not surprised to see them add it. We've seen all the exchange add it, but XRP is finally going to be able to get to go on its own. It's, it's a big boy. Now it can walk. It's getting kicked out of the nest. It can flap its wings and fly. And now we need to see, is the money going to come behind it? Is the narrative going to be good enough and people excited? Or do we see real world adoption? That's going to drive money to it. Cause here's the bottom line. No matter how much we all talk about this thing, if money doesn't come in, Damn thing's gonna be a, uh, a stable coin at 60 cents. You need new money to come into this space, or it's just gonna sit here. And that's what we gotta see. What's gonna draw that new money in? And Johnny, I think we gotta talk about the rumors of Ripple continuing to dump on the market because this seems to be a narrative that just grows every day on X, as Gonzo called it. I like to call it Twitter. Some people call it X. It still sounds weird to me. They need a they need a better branding than that. But what's happening with the XRP community on Twitter right now is the fact that they're starting to get what's the word resentful maybe they're just blaming other people andrew and capitulation you're Go seeing ahead. the xrp army capitulate capitulation elaborate on that no i'm just saying like you could see it like i think people are just frustrated and they're starting like to capitulate right like they're seeing all these other projects start to run and xrp is just doing the same thing over and over again, right? Where we do the Bart Simpsons, where we come up, we move sideways, and then we go down, right? We couldn't even hold above 60%. So I think people are starting to kind of capitulate, right? And so look, you just have to be patient, right? I, I think it's just not its time. It, the way it's looking is that XRP is gonna break out, not with the rest of the market. It's gonna break out on its own, right? That That's the way that it's looking. And Andrew, so like people are getting bored and, and capitulating. And Andrew, what people typically forget about these cycles is that XRP does the same thing every time. It pumps last and it pumps the hardest. And you may dispute that, but during 2021, we went from 17 cents to $1.90 in only four months in the midst of an SEC lawsuit. So we've thrown a lot of information out in the beginning of this show, Andrew, and I'm excited to hear your opinion. But when you see articles like these, what goes through your mind as Grayscale is now adding XRP back into their digital large cap fund? Um. What you see now is, uh, and we and we all saw the video of uh, the bearable bull, that there are 12 or 13 parties that are uh, 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 launching an, an ETF. And also uh, not only a Bitcoin ETF, but also a, a combined ETF of several cryptos. So what, what we will see is not only this party, but if other financial companies, smaller ones, also will see it, it will be a sort of snowball effect. And we get more and more. However, don't yeah, don't don't be uh, uh, disappointed if we see immediately after the launch of these uh, uh, ETFs that we'll see a drop, and that is more or less uh, buy the rumors, sell the news. That doesn't mean on the long term that 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 it will be a bad investment. However, I would always say if you follow this show and you are and you know how to invest in those assets, I would say do not buy. Uh, 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 the ETFs, buy the real crypto assets and hold them in your wallet and, and go from there. 
because why are these bigger companies are launching these ETFs? Only for one reason, making fees and making money out of you. So, so that, that will happen. And, uh, you know, and about, uh, about XRP, yeah, it, it's a boring play. I, 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 I agree totally with it. However, I'm also convinced on the long run, we will win a lot with, uh, with XRP and we go from there. So uh, just, just be patient, but also diversify. Do not put 80% or 90% of your money all in XRP. Diversify it at least to the, to the top. Uh, top four cryptos, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana, and, and of course, XRP, and then do the smaller ones. And then you have a perfectly well diversified portfolio. And if there is new money coming in, and that's all depending on the marketing effort of all those companies that are promoting the ETF. So I, th I think we will see a lot of marketing effort, and that will drive new money into the market. Absolutely, Andrew. And this, and this is something that just sticks out to me. You brought up a very important narrative, and that's just starting to show itself right now. The fees. This is Nobody's talked about this. Everyone says BlackRock and these players are entering the game because they know Bitcoin's going to appreciate in price. Yes, that's a factor. But Johnny Crypto, look at the fees that are going to be offered here. As Look at the first one. Grayscale is going to be taking 1.5%. That is a huge fee to Damn. be charging yeah, for transactions mm. but here's the thing the rest of the market is actually lower so we're looking at typically and and these are estimates out of bloomberg that i read this morning in a separate report they believe that 12 months after all these applications are filed what the typical rate will be is about 0.39 percent so yeah. much lower than the 1.5 standard that grayscale is offering here but andrew brought it up and i think it's a perfect segue not only do we have 12 to 13 applications sitting at the sec all of them are going to be charging a certain fee to run to run these products and it reminds me of the Ethereum gas fees. It's not a pyramid scheme unless you're pulling profit, my friend. Floor is yours. So you have to remember, these guys are running business to pump up the price of XRP. They're in business to make money for themselves, which means creating products that people want that they can charge fees for. And that fee, I, I'll be shocked if Grayscale continues that. With everybody else doing 0.3 or 0.4, there ain't no way they're going to be at 1.5. They were probably there because before it was for accredited investors only. So I'll be interested to see if they hold that up. But the reality is this is what they're in business for. Their job is to create products and generate fees. That's why I'm telling you that list of ETFs is going to grow dramatically. It's going to start with Bitcoin. Then there'll be an Ethereum one. Then there'll be an XRP one. There'll be a Solana one. Then there'll be a whole bunch of shit ton of baskets of all different ones. And they're going to be a bunch of them out there because actually somebody said it in the chat, boomers and thank God I'm generation X, but boomers, they like ETFs. It's very simple for them to invest. They know how to do it. They, they know how to use, you know, they know how to call their broker and put money in the, into an ETF or out of it. Uh, they know how to trade stocks. They don't know how to trade crypto. They're very, trust me, I know I've been dealing with a lot of people with Merlin. Most people don't know how to trade or buy crypto. It's very challenging. So especially the older generation, they are going to flock, if you will, uh, to ETFs if they want exposure to this. It's going to be easy for them. And don't forget, Abs, the boomers are the ones that have all the money, not the younger generation. They call it the greatest shift in generational wealth Go for a reason, Gonzo. And we got 665 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And this is what we're going to talk about next. I'm going to defer to Gonzo for some comments. But next, we're going to be breaking down this video from our friend Quincy Jones, who's laying out why XRP is different. And he focuses on two key details about the XRPL. I'll give you one of them right now because we talk about it all the time. 
liquidity. But there's another massive detail we're going to break down later in the show. And we're going to connect it with this video of Brad Garlinghouse where he's discussing how people are threatened by the idea of JPM creating a coin and Fidelity creating a coin. But he discusses how are they going to communicate? And that's where a currency like XRP joins the conversation. But Gonzo, I want to give you the open floor before we move on. What's on your mind? Yeah, it's, you know, look, this is the first time that we've ever seen something like this where you have all these ETFs, like 13 applications, and they're all competing because they want to be number one, right? Usually you get one or two that roll these things out. They're going to roll out 13 of them. So they have to make themselves competitive. And the only way to kind of separate yourself is, is probably in the fees to start off. But eventually they're going to create all kinds of different kind of vehicles for it. They're going to offer different things as far as like maybe, like especially with the Ethereum with staking, but they're going to find kind of innovative ways to kind of differentiate themselves. Right now it's going to be with fees, but there's stuff that they haven't even created yet that they're going to come out with to kind of tweak it to see where you can get maybe more yield or get more money out of it instead of just kind of holding the ETF. And I think there's a bunch of narratives that people are focused on right now. First, we had to deal with the nefarious narrative put out just a month ago by JP Morgan and Elizabeth Warren. Well, that's done a complete 180. Now everybody's overly optimistic talking about how this ETF is going to be the best thing to happen to crypto in the last, what, two decades? That's about how old it is. But this is what's interesting, guys. We got to focus on XRP because that's what a lot of people are joining the conversation for. We've already dedicated nearly 20 minutes to the ETF news. Let's talk about what Brad Garlinghouse thinks about the future of finance here. And what's happening right now is people are pumping out narratives like we've never seen before. The biggest mass marketing campaign for cryptocurrency will begin in 2024. And it starts with companies like BlackRock, Bloomberg, JP Morgan, CNBC, all these guys are in cohorts behind the scenes. They criticized it in the bear market. They'll celebrate it during the bull run. But it's important to remember, if you do not have a plan, you will be caught off guard. And that's why you have to check out Merlin, guys. Go and check it out. It's the number one link in our bio. You get 30 days, absolutely free. Try out the product. Tell us if you love it. Tell us if you hate it. We want to know the feedback. So go and check it out. 30 days, absolutely free. Because I'm going to play the video, I need you to remove that, Johnny. But with that being said, we are going to discuss how Brad Garlinghouse knows. Even if the banks create their own blockchains, they will need a currency in between. So with that being said, here we go. Years from now, are you able to exist in a world where um, JP, the JPM coin exists and other banks have their own forms of um, cryptocurrencies? Look, the the so JPM hence. coin, I think, actually, in many ways, has been great for the industry because, yeah. you know, someone who not that long ago is saying Bitcoin's a fraud is now leaning in. And it was a <laughs> macro good thing for the industry and bringing credibility. I'll give it a thumbs up. The JPM coin, though, if you really think about it, and there's a lot of banks represented in this room, you know, is Wells Fargo going to use the JPM coin? Probably not. Is B of A going to use the JPM coin? Probably not. And so are we all going to have a Wells Fargo coin and a B of A coin? And now what about the interoperability between these coins? The other thing that makes no sense to me, in order to get a JPM coin, you deposit a dollar in a JPM account. So it's one-to-one -one backed in dollars, and you can only use it intra-JPM's ledger. Why didn't I just use a dollar? <laughs> I actually don't understand what problem that was solving. I think you're. And this reminds me of why people think the banks have more power than they do, Johnny. But I'm going to switch my audio. Floor is yours. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, he brings up a good point. I, you know, they're all creating their own coin. They all have it. Goldman Sachs has one. JP Morgan has one. Bank of America, Wells Fargo. The reality is they all need to somehow work together, right? And we know that that's one of the things that the XRP ledger and the cross-border payment solution brings is, is that's why I kind of love XRP because of the ability of what it brings to the table to be able to eliminate the Nostro Vostro accounts, 
um, and be able to transfer, you know, that that the and settle liquidity very, very quickly in any coin or any currency people want without the banks having to hold that money on both sides of the, the equation. So, you know, I guess what Brad is getting to is, is someday, you know, what's that common denominator between them all? And obviously we're all here believing that it's going to be XRP, right? So we're going to have to wait and see when those uh, when those rails get set up and if it does happen or come to fruition. So, And remember, uh, guys, we don't need dominance. We just need a portion of the market. So exactly. Yeah, yeah, like that's the weird thing. I'm glad you said that because that's what I try to tell them. It's like, look, we doesn't have to run the whole entire market. It's not going to. It's not going to. Because at the end of the day, there's going to be competing systems until we ultimately get to wherever the final system is. And that'll be way down the road. But the reality is, as long as they start to build some momentum, they start to gain some adoption, some traction, and we start to build that daily institutional trade volume, that's what's going to help lift the price of XRP up. So we need adoption. And it, it doesn't have to be just cross-border payment, right? We know what they're looking at custody solutions they're looking at tokenization solutions so the reality abs is i'm just looking for ripple to continue to build out utility uh, in in solve for use cases that's going to drive xrp adoption and that's what i like about them is they got a lot of money they got a smart leadership and they got a lot a lot of people that they've hired that have connections throughout the world so they position themselves ripple the company itself has positioned themselves in a very very good position i like where they're headed did, did you notice how relaxed Greg Carlinghouse always is? Yeah, no matter love what it. kind of question is asked, if they attack him, if they compliment, it doesn't matter. He is always relaxed, and you know why? He is. He knows where he's going to. He knows his direction, and he knows he will win with XRP. It's it's a given. And then, then this, this this humorous joke from him. So why do you need a JPM coin if you have a dollar, a digital dollar, you know? So it's it's so much fun. And that, that's why I like uh, Greg so much. Absolutely, guys. And I want to play this next video because we're going to break down exactly why XRP is so unique and special. But Johnny highlighted a little bit in his speech where he said 500 plus partnerships worldwide, 30 central banks currently developing central bank digital currencies with Ripple. There's undeniably a strategic advantage, the same way that we give XLM a strategic advantage when we talk about MoneyGram. They're the only one that's a blockchain company involved in those conversations. Of course, they're going to get the benefit of the doubt. Gonzo, I'd love to give you the floor and then we'll move on. Yeah, like, so what he's talking about is like each bank is going to have its own ecosystem, right? It's going to have its own, I guess, stable coin. That's kind of what JPM coin really is, right? It's a stable coin. Um, and whether they're going to take some of it and use the XRP ledger and use XRP to solve that issue as a connection point or why we love link so much with TCIP, right? They're already testing that out with the bank in Australia where they're tokenizing uh, all the different assets and the money and they're able to move it because each bank is going to have its own little ecosystem. And so you're going to need something that's going to be able to communicate or transfer liquidity in between the banks, right? And that's why we love CCIP and we, we like link, right? But it's not just going to be one solution. There's going to be multiple solutions. Right, Link is look, approaching it as existing infrastructure, updating SWIFT so that SWIFT can connect to blockchain. You're going to have other banks that are going to just go like the XRP ledger and XRP route. There's going to be all kinds of different things. You have tokenization that's also happening with uh, AVAX and their subnet technology. So, you know, yep. we're just starting this thing out. Johnny, I want to get some comments from you as well. So let me know when you're ready to comment because this is very interesting and I'm kicking it right to you. So in this, this was last week from the Digital Asset Investor where he asked Gronk, which is the AI for Twitter. It's the new product that they're rolling out. 
What could happen in 2024 that leads to massive price, not speculation, not, not anything else. Appreciation is what I, the word I was looking for. We are going to see price appreciation for XR people. We're going to need some catalysts. It starts with new money. This is what the AI had to say. So what did you just talk about? The global transaction volume. We don't need 100%. We don't even need 50%, guys. Look at the stats. We need less than 1% of global traded volume of the $280 trillion to get a $20 XRP. Now, this isn't a Hopium channel. We're not talking about how this is super likely or we're just showing you how little the actual number is. If we get 1% of global transaction volume happening on the XRPL, that's an over $20 XRP. And that's not my opinion. That is just the math speaking for itself. So Johnny, we talked about that. We also want to talk about the fact that the second a big institution like Bank of America or Wells Fargo is leveraging blockchain, everyone operating in the old system has a huge disadvantage. So it's almost like when you, uh, when one sheep jumps off the cliff, the rest are just blindlessly following or mindlessly following, right? So I think that's what we're going to see in blockchain where a lot of these banks, it's just a natural evolution. They just start to leverage blockchain products. There's a bunch of advantages and XRP is going to be one that falls into that basket. So with that being said, floor is yours. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of what I've been trying to tell forever on this show, Abs, is we don't need a big chunk of it. We need a small piece of a large number and it'll be a very, very healthy. But what I'm trying to tell people is look at that. 1%. Of $280 trillion. That's a lot of money. $280 trillion. You need 1%. And that only brings us to $20. Right? And that's what I've been trying to tell people. That's why when people say, Johnny, 589, 10,000. Whoa, slow the train down. You got a long way to go before we get there. But 10 to 20, is that real? Listen, I'm a realistic guy, right? I'm, I'm, I'm all about what's real. Everybody else can have all this fake hopium and, you know, pump it up. And But 589, you could see what it's going to take. If you need 1% of 280 trillion to get to 20, imagine how much, you know, you need another 30 times that almost to get to 589. So, so this is bearish news to you. I thought it was it's not, absolutely not bearish. news. No, 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 no. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's bearish news at all. I'm saying it's realistic. news. We're staying alive here, boys. I'm staying alive. It, it's totally not bearish. It's, it's, it's actually very positive to see that you don't need a large chunk of the, of the entire industry for it to give you a decent amount of daily trade volume. What I've been saying is the daily institutional daily trade is what matters. And that's what this just confirmed. How they get it doesn't matter to me. I don't care if they get it through cross-border payment solutions. I don't care if they get it through tokenization. I don't care if they get it through custody solutions or all three. In fact, is what I hope. The more opportunities that they create for adoption to build that daily transaction on is going to be great for all us XRP holders. That's why that's what I'm looking for. Gonzo, I'm going to just defer to you for some comments. But when we look at statistics like this, I was actually very surprised at how low the number needs to be because he's talking about daily transaction volume. We got over 770 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And thank you for being here on this Monday. Somebody in the live chat comment, multiply 280 trillion times 365 because that is the annual transaction volume globally. I don't even know what that number would be. It might be bigger than quadrillions. Actually, it's definitely going to be. So let me know in the live chat what it happens to be. But Gonzo, what are Doesn't these statistics? Matter. Doesn't matter. It's with daily trade volume, not not annual trade volume to be able to do Oh, so no fun is allowed when Johnny Crypto is here. You want hopium? Go ahead. Go ahead and pump let, it all up. You want realism? That's what I bring to the table. Come on, guys. Johnny Crypto is giving me a hard time. Let me defend myself. I was talking about looking up the stats for reference, not saying that that has anything to do with the correlation, but the man's got an attitude. What can I say? Gonzo Florizor. 
Look, this is an attention market. And unfortunately, like we're in this project because we understand all this. We we look at the news stories, we kind of do the math and we talk about like, okay, you just need 1% of this, but it's just not sexy, right? It's not an attention getter. And unfortunately, because we're in it, these are big deals to us. But when you look at like the rest of the market and retail until institution comes in, it's an attention market. So we're going to need something to kind of spark it. And that's why I've said kind of calling this, we'll see how this video ages. But I think that that documentary that's coming out on Netflix is going to bring a lot of attention to the project. And that could be kind of the spark that we need that or a ripple IPO, even though they're two separate things, right? Ripple, the company going IPO and XRP, it's going to bring value. It's going to bring attention. And I think that's when we're going to start to see people pour into this, right? Because it needs to bring attention to people. Completely agree, Gonzo. And let me reiterate myself. I agree with Johnny. The daily volume is most important. I was just looking up the stat, but we got 757 live listeners here. Let's listen to what Quincy Jones has to say, because he was describing to the Twitter community or the X community, as Gonzo likes to call it, what makes the XRPL different from all these other blockchains? It's undeniable right now. The partnerships are there. We're waiting for the liquidity. We're waiting for the utility, not only in America, but globally. And now we got our friend Quincy Jones explaining very passionately what makes this blockchain different from the rest. So I'm going to switch my audio over here, guys, and listen to what Quincy has to say. Here we go. A lot of, these other, a lot of the other things, are, there's a lot of overlap. And don't get me wrong. There's some things where it's not proof of stake or proof of work. But that's not what makes it special. That's what makes it maybe unique, not what's special. The two things that make it special is, one, the entire network is a debt. What does that mean? It means anybody from their individual wallet can list an asset for sale into the debt. You don't have to go to a debt. You don't have to go to certain. The entire network is a debt. In that debt is a liquidity routing algorithm that allows you to maximize liquidity between any asset that you, or maximize the, max, it, it automatically routes, um, it automatically routes the asset to maximize liquidity. So the whole premise of this is no liquidity pool. There's an algorithm that keeps you, so any, any other exchange, any other DEX, any other everything has liquidity pools. XRP does not. It has an algorithm that maximizes liquidity by being able to route, um, by being able to route and um, liquidate the asset based on what's available on the network. Those are the two things that make XRP amazing. Now you can get into the speed, you can get into it's not proof of work, you can get into all that too. But those two things, the fact that the entire network's a DEX and there's an algorithm that maximizes liquidity on that DEX, is the two biggest things you know, when people talk about cross-border remittances, currency, no show that allows for the instant liquidity of any asset like it's cash. You see what I mean? Boom, Johnny Crypto. And there's so much he said there. Let me just point you in a certain direction because it's not, let me just switch my audio. Give me like five seconds here for the listeners. Here we go, guys. So the reason that I played that Quincy clip is not because he, he first of all, he says many of the things that we agree with every single day. We talk about how the XRPL is built for way more than cross-border payments. But I think that last sentence that he emphasized is actually the most important thing when it comes to the XRPL. You can instantly liquidate any asset that is tokenized on the XRPL. You're going to focus on the liquidity. I know that because that's awesome. But think about what he just stated there. You can take any real asset, tokenize it instantly, and then immediately pull value from it. That is brand new, brand new concept. And we'll see it on other blockchains. But the fact that he's highlighting it for XRP really stuck out to me. What, what stuck out to you, Johnny? Uh, I, I love Quincy and his energy. And yes, we've already had Quincy on the show many times and we will have him on again. Don't worry about that. Uh, but he's absolutely right. 
you know, abs that instant liquidity really, or the bill, it has so many unique techniques. And that's why I keep talking about, everybody's talking about XRP for cross-border uh, solutions. To me, tokenization is what it solves even better and is going to be even bigger. So for me, I'm excited about the whole tokenization aspect that nobody's talking about. And I hope that's the narrative that Ripple brings up in 2024 because the whole cross-border payment solution there, let's face it, it's been beat dead, right? It's been going out there since 2017. I don't think anybody, you know, in fact, Swift has a solution now coupled with Link that's going to kind of kind of sour that story a bit and maybe not make it as exciting. So frankly, there's going to be a big battle there between XRP, Ripple, you know, for that piece of the pie versus Swift and their Link solution. So the reality is that I'm hoping we start to hear Ripple talking more about what Quincy just mentioned. That it's 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 talk about it's advantageous to you know the parts that are it has advantages in and tokenization is one of the biggest ones because of the fact that you can put it on the ledger and you can tokenize anything and you can do it extremely quickly. To me, that's where the huge advantage is. Andrew, another important aspect about tokenization is when you mint or tokenize an asset on the XRPL or any other blockchain, you've now brought value to that blockchain that stays. Right. So you're not just tapping in, using it as a liquidity pool and quickly selling your XRP or whatever asset afterwards. You're going to be sitting on that blockchain. That value is going to be within the XRPL for this example for an extended period of time. So it's another thing that could drive value. What do you think before we play this Larry Fink video? Yeah, tokenization is very important. And actually, we see this all the time, tokenization. For example, USDT, USDC is also tokenization. Of a uh, of, of of the US dollar, so and we also see the risk which is involved there. So I hope that the tokenization. I'm not I'm not studied enough on the on the XRPL at this moment to see how they will implement it. By by uh, by, I assume that they will implement the tokenization in such a way that it is fully decentralized. That means that means you have no governments. That it's, everything is is in smart contracts and that nobody can steal or or, or, or or manipulate the 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 one side the the the, the asset that will be tokenized so i think it's a very good uh, uh uh yeah very good development which is happening there and it will also drive more the demand of xrp in the future and the value of this uh xrp uh, ledger yeah absolutely andrew and we're going to talk about xlm as well because we've got a new video from a money manager out of not sure what country, so I shouldn't have um, prefaced it that way. We got a money manager here talking about how Stellar is already being leveraged for a money market fund, and it's the product is so good, they don't even need to market it, and it's doubled in the last six months. So people are naturally going to move into these assets, Gonzo, and we're going to highlight a video from one of the most powerful men on the planet discussing how he believes tokenization is the future of payments. But before we move on to that, what's on your mind? You know, Quincy's it. I think he's a genius, right? And he's so he's passionate and uh, like he understands things at a technology, like a technological level that like we don't. So I was taken for his word, but like I said, those kind of things are not sexy. They're not attention getters. I think when institution comes on, that's going to be sexy for the institutions, right? For what they want to build. Um, and so it's just going to take time, right? Like I was saying, like what Johnny was saying with the cross-border payments narrative, that payment is just not sexy anymore. It's like, it's what got us uh, in the 2017 cycle that got us those thousands and thousands of percent gains. And so we need kind of a new narrative, but overall in the long term, super bullish, right? Because you're looking just at the technology itself 
And when we're looking at technology, it's not something that like retail, it's not, again, it's not like us looking at it, right? We understand it and this is why we're invested in it. But most retail, that's not going to be an attention getter for them. But when the institutions want to come in and they're trying to build real world assets and move that liquidity, that's going to be sexy for them. It's interesting, Gonzo, because right now we're seeing two clearly opposing narratives come to the markets, but we already got 800 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Thank you for being here, guys. This was breaking news over the weekend as the SEC's investor education um, Twitter account, the X account thing is throwing me off, Gonzo. I guess I got to call it X from now on, but they tweeted this out. They said, say no go to FOMO, which means fear of missing out. Just because others might buy a particular investment doesn't mean it's the right opportunity for you. Learn more from Gary Gensler here, guys, as the SEC is warning people, don't fall for the crypto FOMO, Andrew. So I'm going to ask you, do you take your financial advice from the SEC? I'm just kidding. That's a joke. But what do you think about this? What do you think about this uh, tweet here? The SEC officially coming out and telling people, don't fall for the FOMO. Be prepared for a pullback. Very interesting. Absolutely. You know, what you should do as an investor, you should not only have an exit plan but you should also have an entry plan so you should know when is something cheap and then you start buying and there is always bad news necessary to get something down in price so it feels very uncomfortable to buy if something goes down in price and you should know when something is expensive expensive and then you should sell on the way up so always keep that in mind i i i guide you in the smart investor program that I teach also in the TT Academy, how, how to do that. We also have calculators to do that, to take away all the emotion because FOMO is emotion. And trading with emotion always brings you the wrong decisions. So uh, get it out and uh, and join, join that Smart Investor course. <laughs> Johnny, we started to join the Smart Investor course, guys. I absolutely agree, Andrew. But Johnny, we started off the show by talking about the NFL Leave your emotions on the football field because when you come into the crypto market, this is a game of numbers and this is a game where whoever doesn't feel emotion typically wins in the end, even if you think about it from a long-term time frame, Johnny. Really quick, I'm going to kick it right back to you. What do you think happened to the investors that stuck around, that got smoked in 2017 and said, you know what, maybe I was wrong, but I'm going to hold this Bitcoin thing and see what happens over the next five years. Those are the people who have massive bags right now. And the guys who are selling 10,000 Bitcoin for pizza well, they're the but they're the ones being promoted on the mainstream media, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. But I made some jokes for yours. You know, you touch on something that's so important. I, I hate I hate to do a cheap plug here, but I'm gonna say this: the emotion is what's gonna get you wrecked. And when you when you take the emotion out, that's why we created Merlin. You're gonna create your exit strategies now, and then you're not gonna let emotions get involved because you do it right now while your head is calm and everything's cool and nothing's pumping. Because I'm telling you, for folks who have not lived through a bull run. You all think it's fun and exciting. You think it's great. Let me tell you something. It's not. It's extremely stressful. It's it's stressful because you're seeing shit go up and you're being and you're hearing on TV it's going up even higher and then it's pulling back and then people are selling. You don't know whether you sell. You want to hit the sell button. You can't hit the sell button because you're fear of missing out because it keeps going up because you sold a little bit and it went higher. It's not. It is not fun. I'm telling you. The funnest part of crypto is the bear market. I know I'm going to sound crazy, but it is. I love it. It's red. It's flat. You buy everything cheap, and then you wait for these exciting times that come, but then you don't get greedy. But you will. I guarantee you, you will. If you don't have something, a tool like Merlin or some other, if you haven't changed your mindset, you're going to get greedy. You're going to lose your money. That's because why you just said it. Emotion. 
Wall Street has spent millions of dollars to understand the human psyche so they can set this game up and take our money. And that's what they've been doing for years. Now, the good news is here at the 3T Academy, we figured that out. Click on the link below, join the Academy, click on the other link below, sign up for Merlin and take, take Andrew's course. And you really, now you have a real education to be able to win in this market because guys, it is emotional, heavily emotional during the bull run. You're going to want to have a plan. Oh, let's talk about the reality here, guys. You need a plan for this one reason and one reason only. We talk about Merlin a lot, Johnny. I'm actually going to say something that's, that's going to start the wave. Write down the amount of money that you would like your portfolio to be worth in an ideal case scenario. Put Merlin to the side. Just take out a sticky note and say, you know what? If I reached this number, that would make me happy. And I'm not going to go beyond that. When I hit this number, I'm not going to get greedy. I'm going to take an attitude of gratitude and start taking profits or maybe be fully out when it comes to my exit strategy. Why do I want people to do that? Because the second you write down, and let's use 100,000 as an example, you're immediately going to say, well, how do I get there? And that's where the exit plan comes in because once you have a goal, you got to backtrack, you got to create steps. And we're showing the evidence right here. Every bull market, this mark, this, this thing does a three and a half X minimum. We're going to see Bitcoin over a hundred thousand dollars. That's not a bold prediction. That's just a matter of fact, my friends at some, remember, I didn't give a date. I just said at some point, Bitcoin will be a hundred thousand. I think many of the smartest people on the planet would agree with me, Johnny, but I've gone off on a little bit of a tangent here. Let's defer to Gonzo and then let's get back on track with some daily news. No, you're, you're right, by yeah. the way. Before you go to Gonzo, I just want to say, everybody bashed on BC Backer, blockchain backer, when he got out at 58,000, right? And the thing went to, I don't know, a little bit higher and it crashed out. And they all were pissed off. And he was like, at the end of the day, he looked like the smart man. Because why? Because he took it out when it wasn't the right thing to do. That's how you win in this game. And so to me, it's nothing's ever going straight up abs. It doesn't work that way. So you might as well take advantage and take profits because it's going to go up. It's going to go down. It's going to go up. And there's always going to be opportunities to get back in. Sorry, Gonzo. Floor is yours. Floor is yours. No, yeah. That's the same thing that happened with waters. There are different points where he called the top of XRP and he de-risked, right? And then when we went back down, he got some new entries in. And so, you know, what we're talking about here is you got to have a plan. Just like you're planning how you're going to get in, you have to plan how you want to get out whether you're going to use merlin whether you're going to write it down you got to have a plan because what happens is you start to like as the greed gene kicks in and this market starts to go up you keep moving the goalpost, right so you started off with okay i want to make this amount of money and then you know if i get a 10x and i'm going to be good and then you're changing it to a 15x and a 20x and then you're just chasing it and you keep pushing that goalpost further and further and then eventually what happens is the market turns around on you and then you lose all the gains that you had, right? Because it's all on paper until you actually execute the trade. So you got to have some type of plan and then just execute the plan. That's how you take emotions out of it. Because if you don't have a plan, then you're going to react emotionally. And then that's when you open yourself up to get wrecked. So have a plan. How am I going to get in? Like Abs was saying, what do I want to get out of this? When you get that number, start scaling back out, right? There's always going to be opportunities. Um, and we're always going to go through these cycles. Johnny, and this is something that I think a lot of people forget is that to be overly bullish is just as naive as being overly bearish. Listening to the hopium is just as naive as listening to the unwarranted negativity. And this is why I wanted to actually re-reference this article. So we got over 800 people here. There's some new listeners. We're going to close this thing out with a bunch of grayscale fidelity conversations, maybe some ETF analysis as well. But we broke this down, Johnny, and I feel like this falls into the hopium category. When you talk about XRP reaching 1% of global transaction volume, 
it's a small, it's a small number, but it's far away. And I think that even if it's three years, four years, five years away, and I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to Gonzo here, actually, let me just defer to Gonzo. As we look at the XRP and the hopium that we're seeing today, I think that articles where we get real utility are probably still two to three years, maybe even longer. So I wouldn't be overly bullish and I wouldn't be overly bearish. Be realistic, have safe expectations and be ready to take some profit on the way up. Because even if we go into a bull run and you don't take profit, you're just going to be somebody else in a bear market talking about how your Dogecoin went to a million and fell back down to 50 bucks. But Gonzo, why don't you close us out and we'll move on. Yeah, you know, look, whatever your goal is, just make sure, like I said, you write it down. You can't say this enough. Like, and then don't compare yourself to other people, right? I was talking with this Jackie because we were going over Coach AV's exit strategy. He got into XRP at a certain at a certain number, right? So when we get to all-time high, he might already be like 10x up, right? Where he's going to do, maybe that's his first exit price. Whereas if you got in a little later, right? Like me, maybe I don't pull profits at all-time high, right? Maybe I pull profits a little bit higher than that. And then if you got in even like your average is even higher than that, you're at 80, 90 cents, then you're going to wait a little bit longer, right? And But you're not going to know that unless you kind of sit down and kind of plan this whole thing out. You don't want to plan this out in the middle of the bull run. You want to do all those kind of figures right now before we take off. You know, let me give you one last tip for uh, handling an exit plan in combination with your emotions. Learn how to place a limit order. Yeah, and if you place a limit order, you know it's there at your exit point and it will execute it automatically. So then it is a sort of controlling yourself, place the order maybe already now, make sure, and that makes sure you take the profit, yeah, for 10 or 20% of your holding. So it is much easier than that you have to decide in the morning, you have to go to your work and then say, oh, I need to place that exit order and, and maybe you do it wrong. Place it in silence and do it, do it just relaxed and go from there and then do that over and over again for every exit point for every coin. And that makes you the profit. Absolutely, guys. And we already got 800 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. This is some news that came out over the weekend, and I feel like we should cover it today. But this is what's important, guys. The conversation around altcoins is also changing before our eyes. So we talked about how tokenization is going to become a massive narrative during this next bull market. That's not a narrative that involves Bitcoin. Remember that. Tokenized assets will happen on alternative currencies and coins like we're talking about today. And this is a product that was found over the weekend. It's been in existence since 2019. But here's what's important. These types of products will become more popular over the next 12 months. And with Grayscale and Fidelity both having XRP products existing in the market today. We're going to go through an article explaining exactly what this is. But Johnny, the reason that we're highlighting this is because of the conversation the narrative shift, and everything else. But let's actually play that video I wanted to play of Larry Fink discussing with us how the future of, of finance happens with tokenized assets. So let me just switch the audio, my friends. Here we go. I believe this technology is going to be very important. I am, I, you know, look at it. We have been part of a huge revolution in investing through ETFs. We believe that ETFs will be changing the whole way we invest. Many people still use it as a means, well, people are investing it for indexing. No, the majority of people who are putting money in an index, in an ETFs are active investors that are buying exposure. The entire bond market is being transformed as we talk right now. 
I believe the next generation for markets, the next generation for securities will be, will be tokenization of securities. Uh, we will, and if we can have that distributed ledger that we know every beneficial owner, every beneficial uh, seller, we all have our, our, our code right. of who's buying, who's selling, instantaneous settlement. And think about it, it changes the whole ecosystem. Floor is yours, Johnny. He's spot on, uh, Abs, and, and what he's describing there is blockchain technology and tokenization and how it's going to change the world. And these guys are smart, okay? Don't let them fool you. They knew, they always knew blockchain technology was the future. And actually, J JP Morgan, Jamie Dimon came out and said it many times. He's like, crypto, so here's what Jamie says. Jamie's been saying crypto is bad. But the blockchain itself is very, very good, right? So they, they all know the blockchain technology is here to stay, and it is going to be utilized everywhere. There's no question about that. Abs. Tokenization is obviously their next step. They talk about it all the time. They're already programming everybody that that's what's coming. They're going to tokenize everything. And that's why, for me, I'm always looking at how can we get into spaces that's going to capitalize on tokenization companies that provide tokenization solutions blockchains that provide tokenization solutions that's where the future money is. that's where we're headed and you want to be in that now before all that starts to happen yep oh you're on mute abs we can't hear you buddy Andrew, I'd love to defer to some comments from you, and then we'll play this next video because we're going to talk about how one fund is already leveraging XLM and the product's so great they can't keep people away so yeah, what Johnny said is absolutely true. Tokenization is absolutely key. And what uh, what what uh, in in the in this uh, interview was said that instant settlement of payments, you know, that opens so much a, a universe of possibilities and new applications. It's it's insane. It's like uh, like the in the days that Facebook began just as a school uh, uh, website and see what it is now. We see there will be enormous amount of new opportunities for instant settlement of tokenization assets and, and also an enormous amount of middlemen will be cut out in in in, in legal in, in finance in everywhere so it is there will be a complete revolution in uh, in finance and and, and settlements yeah go ahead uh, Epps. it's an exciting time to be a crypto investor andrew and we're going to play this video and kick it straight to gonzo think about xlm and stellar being leveraged by Franklin and Templeton during this video because this is only the beginning of a massive tokenization wave. Definition, which also is a problem because we need to narrow that definition for people to really create standards and, and grow. But uh, money market uh, funds that are tokenized, we've seen that already come to fruition in two different places. First, uh, Franklin Templeton, they created this, uh, call it Benji app, where they've tokenized a money market fund. And interestingly, because it was tokenized in such an easy to use interface, that particular money market fund actually within the first month doubled their assets because everyone was using it because it was so easy to use. And there was an interest in getting more yield uh, at the same time. Uh, JP Morgan working with BlackRock, they've also tokenized a money market fund. So that's a perfect example of like adoption, product market fit. And unfortunately for it goes below the fold in terms of the search engine headlines because everyone's so focused on just hardcore crypto stuff. Whereas the uh, call it big boys are actually adopting the blockchain technology below the fold and quietly, but in big size. Boom. Floor is yours, Gonzo. What do you think? Yeah. You know, like 
it's it's going to be a very strong narrative. What you're seeing is you're you're seeing them build the infrastructure as we speak. But somebody made a comment, and I agree with it in the chat. As far as we still need regulation, we need policy, we need Congress to step in to really know how this is going to play out. But that's not going to stop it from running as a narrative. And you can see that they're already doing things like XLM, right? So you're going to have multiple projects. There are a lot of projects that are already coming out, like brand new projects that are already kind of doing that real world asset thing where they're bringing that to the blockchain and then they have some kind of token that's associated with it. We don't know how the SEC is going to take to that because they're brand new projects. I can't name any off the top of my head, but I was starting to do some research, but it is going to be a, a, a strong narrative going to 2024. But like projects like XLM are going to do extremely well with that partnership with Franklin Templeton and everything that they're doing. But there are other ones too, like AVAX is doing it. We said it link. Um, like I said, do your research and then, you know, pick pick which projects you want to get into that are going to run on that narrative. And Johnny, just before I close it out with some comments from you, I want to break down the XLM price chart just for a second here, because look at the all-time high that was, sorry, not even the all-time high, just the relative high from the 2021 cycle, because this is another token that didn't break its all-time high during the last bull run showing another bizarre correlation between XLM and XRP. But I don't want to spend too much time talking. The previous all-time high during 2021 was a wick to 80 cents. Well, today we are sitting at 11 and a half. There's a lot of opportunity, but there's not a lot of optimism. Why don't you close this out for today by addressing what's your opinion on the long-term validity of this project? Let's focus on Stellar because I put it in the title. People are overly bearish because of the price chart. But listen to what he just said in that video. The products are so good, they can't keep people away. Tokenization is happening slowly but surely behind the scenes. And we know there's going to be a liquidity moment where the floodgates open and the water or the cash flows through the door. So floor is yours. Close this out. I tide rises all boats, my friend. But the reality is that it's not a bizarre relationship. They're, they're, they're twins. They're brother and sisters. They came from the same damn thing. Same developer. They solved the same problem to some degree. So there's no reason why they're tied at the hip. It's just how the industry typically works. Look at stocks. A segment of stocks will go up and down together. If one gas company does good, the you know money will flow in the other ones because people think, oh, that's going to do well too. And it stays kind of hinged together at the hip. That's what's happening with XRP and XLM. Now, when you think about it, though, when you listen to what he said, at the end of the day, what's exciting about it is you're seeing people talk about the use case. And you're hearing really good news about it. And T Franklin Templeton didn't even get pushed from Stellar or Stellar didn't pay them to use it. They went and found it on their own and they used it. That's huge. That's a huge checkbox for technology. When that happens and they're finding it on their own, they're like, wow, this is a really good technology. We want it. We're going to adopt it. We're going to use it. And we're finding you know great things about it. There's no question in my mind. Other competitors of their of the, of their of them, those companies will also start to look into the technologies they're using. There's no proprietariness. Anybody can use XLM, and they will start using XLM. And I think XLM actually has a lot of upside potential. And I love the fact that it's not being talked about right now. It's actually good because you can actually still buy it at a relatively cheap, cheap price of good sense, and you can stock up on it because I do think it's one of those that has a huge, huge play behind it. I think it has huge upside potential. And the fact that you're hearing this kind of talk about its use cases apps validifies it for me that it's going to be a player to here to stay. Thank you so much, Johnny. And we got 767 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I want to say a special thank you to Johnny Crypto, Gonzo, and of course, my man, Andrew Cashflow. 
thank you guys for joining us every single morning. We'll see you guys in 23 hours. And this Wednesday, we have a very special guest as Cypress X will be joining the show. And this man is phenomenal. So I'm super excited for this episode. We love you guys. We'll see you in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining. Let's go. Let's go. Woo.